0: PFT Media
1: You are now listening to Cinema Crespo Chris
0: Here's Crespo All the Radio Show Everybody likes it Listen, Listen to his shit, shit. Welcome to Cinema Crespo Tiso. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode <laughs> 359 of Cinema Crespo Tiso. I'm your host, Chris Crespo, showing the Crespo Tiso studio. Doing my thing, looking at the weather outside this window. Let's see, I see I'm tornado. Your threat level is Kansas green. Kansas green. Uh, be aware what's over the rainbow. Jersey Cogburn, how you doing, dude? I'm doing? What's our traffic report? Traffic
1: report. Things are shitty out there.
0: All right. <laughs> yeah. That applies wherever and whenever you are. Except for our, our listeners in uh, in Idaho. In Montana. And uh, Montana, I'm sure, enjoying those big open roads. Uh, if you want to reach <coughs> out to us from Montana, uh, send us, uh, you know, your best Pony Express rider. Then we'll be sure to greet them at the door with a lantern of milk and uh, a... And, uh, And a bowl of cheese. (laughs) Lantern of milk. (laughs) You don't know how things work. I don't know how they did it back in the day. I don't know, man. I wasn't born yesterday. I was born at a different time. (laughs) Wait a second. (laughs) What? So we're here. Are we? It's three fifty-nine. We're doing the thing, and it's time for. Movie reviews. Of course, we have no guests. There's no guests here. Also, Steve Etch is not here. Steve Etch changed one of his uh, recording schedules for one of his shows, and so now has them recording on Sundays, so he won't be able to join us ever again. All. I mean, it's a bummer. I want to have more discussions about. Uh, I just think it's funny about that how he hates like Spike Williams.
1: <laughs> I just think it's funny that I love that so much. Steve Etch has moved closer to us, and yet we'll and be yes, here less frequently, even
0: less. <laughs> Look what happened? Come on, we're having a good time. Uh, he,
1: he, maybe he's sick of us making fun of his what he says and things like <laughs> <he thinks. laughs> Of questioning his opinions. I mean, come on, we're
0: all friends here. We're having a good time. <coughs> all right, so here we go. we we talking movies and such and whatnot, pop culture, maybe video games. up to Perhaps comic we'll books, see. maybe. I don't know. Depends. We'll see. It depends on what's on the menu, Governor. But for now, we'll be talking about Fred Rogers. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. Jerusalem coburn has got a Rotten. Well, last I checked, Rotten's Meal score of like 97%. It
1: dropped a point. Oh. It's 96.
0: Bum, bum, bum. Oh. Uh, highly rated, I'm sure, like 8.5 or 8. something. 1. 8.1. Yeah, sure. I'm sure. sure if I go to top critics.
1: It'll... Oh, top critics is 7.93. 7.9.
0: It's okay. So roughly. It's but eight, still. Eight. It's right around 8.
1: But still, out of the top critics, not a, z- not a single Rotten.
0: Not a single rotten.
1: Not a single rotten review from the top critics. There
0: you go. From the top critics. Who are the top critics on Rotten Tomatoes? Those people that are generally like, they work for actual publications that are owned by like Tribune Media and stuff like that. People have been around for a while, have some name recognition within the film community. All the other people are all your Joe Schmoes like me who like have our own websites and we pay the money to join into the online film society, film critic society. Mm-hmm. And then you get Nobody the, cares. And, they, and no one cares. It's a bunch of bullshit. It's a watered down number. So anyway, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Sir Tom Hanks, that's Fred Rogers. It says, inspired by a true story up top, let mm-hmm. you know right away, this ain't a Fred Rogers movie. No. No, it is not. That was awesome. This, expect- is,
1: this is a movie about, what's his name?
0: Okay. Something uh, Vogler? Vogel. Vogel. Uh, Lloyd. It was, Lord, guy yes. he, it was about Fred Rogers' friend, Lloyd. Oh, Lloyd. Would you, who'd you like to meet my friend, would like Lloyd? Meet, would you like to meet my friend, Lloyd? Interesting narrative device of the movie. Mm. It's an episode. Yeah. It was opening credits, opening theme song. Yeah. Here's the thing, I want you to meet my friends. We're gonna talk this and one I mean, even
1: all of the stuff where like you're going from like city to city, it's done in the style of
0: Mr. Rogers' neighborhood every, where every outdoor interstitial was yeah. uh, was a puppet. Yeah. Uh not a puppet, a model. Yes, exactly. Every time I played it took off for landing. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Amazing. Old school. So agreed. Yeah. Um, so it's not a Fred Rogers story It's a story of some guy named Lloyd Yeah, He's a and, writer And
1: how he meets Fred Rogers And how Fred Rogers
0: changes his changes life Changes his life And teaches him how to deal with his feelings And it's a sneaky way to make a Fred Rogers movie Without making a Fred Rogers movie mm-hmm. He's in it a decent amount Yeah, no he is But it's for sure it's it's more of, But he's more of a support He's definitely like the lead supporting character Yes, it's not his movie the movie belongs to this guy Played by uh, not Zach Braff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Maybe more, hopefully more talented than Zach Braff. I mean, he was fine enough in this, I guess. He was okay. I couldn't help but look. Matthew Rice. Matthew Rice. R-R-H-Y-S, one of those. Correct. Like a Jonathan Rice Davies. Yes. Jonathan Rees Myers. Yes. Rice Rees. Whatever. One of these UK, so I guess he's from the UK. More than likely. English. Englishman. Probably, probably, probably Englishman. Oh, that's right. Eh? Well, I went to go meet Mr. Rogers. You eh? told me to get in touch with my feelings and then don't be so wobbly woo about it. And so I went and wrote the song, and it goes like this: <laughs> Let it be, let it be. Which one? Who wrote that one? Was that Pop? Don't know. I think I was doing more for Ringo anyway. Don't care about the Beatles, Chris. Uh, you don't care about the Beatles. Not at all. You don't care about the Beatles. Nope. Even when Curtis Earth is here and he talks about the Beatles, you're not going to really pretend. I
1: I usually just tune all that out.
0: Yeah, uh well I guess I'm not gonna invite you to be on my Beatles cast. Mm-mm. Don't. Yeah.
1: I mean unless you want the dissenting opinion in the room. Yes, I do.
0: <laughs> Which would be me. Always looking for the dissenting opinion. That's everybody, why, ev- why I a Steve Echy. Steve ev- was my ev- guy.
1: Everybody would be like,
0: oh the Beatles are so great. I'm just like, no, they're not. I appreciate that. Ringo can barely keep a goddamn beat. He's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. That's a, a legend quote from John Lennon. Is yeah. Ringo the best drummer in the world. He's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. <laughs> Uh, he's can, he's can, right. He will beat one, two, three, four. One, two, <laughs> exactly. Four, one, one, two, three,
1: two, three, four. four. God damn it, Trigo! <laughs> one, two, three, four. Keep up. keep up, keep up, why don't you? Well, I'm still just counting to four. Just, just,
0: <laughs> one, two, three, four one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. That's how Dennis's airplane does it. Yeah. <laughs> he was just out of his time. It was all uh, going on there. That's uh-huh. what was happening. Um, so, making a Fred Rogers movie in this manner, it's a lot like if you made a Beatles movie, and you advertise here you go, go show up to see your Beatles movie, and then you show up, and it's about a guy who, like, gets to meet the Beatles, <coughs> and, and then it's all about how the Beatles, it like, would be, change his, his perspective on his relationships with his father. Like,
1: and like, like if, imagine if, like, Almost Famous had the Beatles in it. And they called
0: it the movie The Beatles. Instead of Stillwater. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they call it The Beatles. They show up and it's like, this isn't about The Beatles. This, this is, this is about this kid. This kid on a tour with them. Yes. Same deal. Same deal. That being said, it's pretty good. It's a good story. It's
1: it's a good story. And unless you have literally zero soul and zero heart, you will feel something.
0: The whole thing is about empathy, how empathetic Fred Rogers is, sort of points of freakishness, so it would seem that And that's. So I guess the smart thing is in having this lead character, Lloyd, who is very skeptical of Mr. Rogers and what he thinks is a
1: facade. It's it's not that he's skeptical of Mr. Rogers. He's just a skeptical guy about everything. Correct. So the way he goes about it is if there's dirt,
0: he's going to find it and he's going to expose it. And he's like, if my dad was shitty to me, then that means everyone must be shitty to everyone else. Uh, So he exposes the shittiness of people and he has developed a reputation as a sort of writer. Uh, but then he gets assigned a puff piece to Mister Rogers, changes everything, <laughs> changes his life. He doesn't know it yet, nope. but it changes it his life. Oh my god, uh, it's it's gr- movie therapy, man. It's, yeah, no, uh, it is. It's like um, I, I even th- he's. I mean, then because it's a way, it's a, it's a movie mm-hmm. he's talking right to the camera.
1: Yes, no, exactly. Yeah, talking right to you. Mm-hmm.
0: I felt human for a second, Chris, for a split second, <laughs> for a split second, wow. I felt human. Wow, and then wow. it faded away. Oh, <laughs> that's everyone's feeling inside as you watch this movie. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's about human connection and emotions, and it's very right on the face about what it's yeah. about. And
1: I mean, it, it is. It's so. it, it. It's basically a Mister Rogers episode for adults.
0: Yes, for all the people who grew up on. it.
1: Yes, exactly, and,
0: and even for just, some people just, who are a little skeptical. Of just Mr. in case
1: you missed, like. The underlying message as a
0: child, for of whatever what, reason, of what it was about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How to deal with these emotions? Mm-hmm. How to talk to people about mm-hmm. them? How to talk to Daniel Strip Tiger? Mm-hmm. Poor little, poor little guys just trying to get a conversation out of yeah, him. They're yeah. gonna be all mean to him and pack up your bags and storm out of the room. Not oh. Zach Braff. Oh, only to come back a few hours later. Mere, it seems <laughs> mere hours later. Uh yeah, it's an interesting interesting movie, interesting approach to to what they don't want to tell. They even have a uh one of those like B roll factory things. So, yeah. so Tom Anks as uh Mr. Rogers, what do you think? I
1: mean, I mean he he killed it. he did pretty
0: good, right? Yeah.
1: Pretty, he, he had spoke with a soft voice. He had the cadence, mm-hmm. he had the walk, he had the look on
0: his face. They even replicated for it so they did the scenes, they replicated episodes, right? Yeah. So he walks in and Takes off his jacket and puts on the red cardigan. Uh, takes off his dress shoes, puts on his Keds, what looks like. His house sneakers, I guess, <laughs> or yeah, his house uh-huh, sneaks. Yes. And then, and then he starts talking, and he talks very slowly with pauses. And then there's no background music. So sitting in the theater watching this movie, expecting it to be a movie. And then it's like an episode of the show. Yeah. And it's like very slow-paced. Because that's how you got to do it for, yeah. if you want kids to understand what's going on. No cuts. No. Just one steady yeah. shot. up. Here's my picture board.
1: Let's see. <laughs> do, do you know what a picture board is? Yeah, it's so soft and <laughs> gentle about our thing. Oh, here's so Let me tell you what a picture board is. Oh, what
0: happened to him? Oh, look at this. Uh, and then that's carried out through everything, all his interviews and his interactions with everyone. And it could almost be like too much. It could have been over the top. Type of portrayal of this type of thing. I think they found the right balance. Of yeah. Well, I mean, it, portray him.
1: It's because without like it. going like into his personal life, it did, you know, show that you know, I mean, as nice and empathetic and all this as Fred Rogers mm-hmm. is, he is still a man. So He's still human. a person. Flaws, flaws, internal struggles. You yeah, yeah,
0: hear about some of these things. Don't really see him too yeah. much now. What do you hear about him. That's interesting. Um, weird, uh, uh, reference to the, not weird, but they threw in reference to like the the myth of him being a sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vietnam sharpshooter.
1: was such a great urban legend. It is, it's a fun one. <laughs> it's, one it's one of the better urban legends. It, it's a
0: good one. Man, he was out there shooting, uh, <laughs> exactly. shooting uh, Charlie up in the trees. <laughs> Capping him left and right, came back, kids show. Came back, we gotta help the kids deal with their divorces. Their mm-hmm. parents divorces. Yeah. Uh, um, The movie did make me feel like, oh, uh, not. I was expecting it to make me feel happier, more joyous. Made me feel kind of sad. While I was walking out there. I was like, eh, I'm a little sad now. Well, I mean. A lot of emotion in this movie kind of made me feel like, man. Kind of, I was a little drained. That's kind of the. of emotion. I mean, that. But
1: the movie was about learning how to deal with your emotions, Chris. Well, I, I can't deal with that. <laughs> dude So.
0: Hey, the two dabs before the show I can't deal with my emotions.
1: Who did you have a fight with, Lloyd? Exactly. <laughs> I'm Lloyd. Right, stop.
0: I'm here to interview you. What's going on? No, who, no, no. Who did you have a fight with, Lloyd? I'm here to interview you. How am I not myself? It's, it's and, two and, hours and who, of... And who's Jerry, Lloyd? It, it's... Who's Jerry? <laughs> it's two hours of... Uh, it's not your fault, Lou. It's yeah. not your fault. Yeah. It's not your fault. How am I not myself? Don't say that, man. Don't how, say that. How am I not myself? How am I not myself? It's not your fault, Will. How am I not myself? How am I not myself? Nah. It's not your fault. Uh. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's a very well-made, very interesting approach to it. Uh, I really can't find much fault with it at all, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Agreed. Right, yeah. It's one of those things. Where things I mean, and, are good.
1: And, and that's why it was the number three movie of the weekend.
0: How much money did it make? $13.5 million. That's not bad. How much did it cost? It couldn't have cost that much. Oh, uh, uh, it doesn't say according to the numbers. I would put it at like maybe $25 million. Dollars. I would say it's like a $25 million movie.
1: I mean, most of the money probably went to Tom Hanks and recreating that set.
0: And the sets, yeah, the sets and uh, the cool. But that's the thing, though. It's still like PBS, almost PBS level. Maybe a little bit better than... Uh, yeah, yeah. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. Uh did you have that song stuck in your head walking out of the movie? Nope.
1: But that that the the subway scene was probably one of the better scenes
0: of the movie. It's a good cute scene. It really distills the whole nature of the yeah. show and the, the universal nature of uh, yeah, that was good. That's why it's in the trailer. It works good in the movie as well. Uh according to Google, forty five million dollar budget. Okay. So might uh, it looks like it'll probably make its money back at least it'll break even. Yeah. We'll see how it around awards time. Tom Hanks gets nominated. Oh, I mean, I'm sure he'll get the nod. He probably will. We'll see. We still have a few months left of I mean, uh, how, some of the awards. I mean, it's,
1: it's Tom Hanks playing Mr. Rogers. How can you not at least acknowledge at least, it? At least, <laughs>
0: at least acknowledge it. And a very well-liked movie. Yeah. Let's make it some money. If it was more of a c- commercial hit and more people saw it, then it'd be like, oh, yeah, this thing's a shoe-in for yeah. nomination. Well, I since mean, since it's, it's not... Uh, Runaway hit, thirty million is okay. It depends on what kind of legs it may have.
1: Well, Chris, it's it's gonna it's gonna have the legs because we're coming into the season. True. And on top of it, anything coming up this weekend had to contend with Frozen Two.
0: Ay caramba, How should that
1: make? Okay, so the total gross, yeah, for the entire America, yeah, for this week, yeah, was two hundred million dollars. Okay, that was the total gross. Okay, of that two hundred million.
0: 127 was frozen too. Goodness gracious, <laughs> man. That's a lot of money for that frozen dose. Dose frozen. $127 million opening weekend. Frozen part due. Which. Part du Which got good. It's getting good reviews, but, it's not, but I don't as, think it's, it's not as well liked as the OG. It's never going to be, Chris. Well, nah, you know, sometimes people get surprised. Some people like Toy Story 2 more than the first. People like Empire Strikes Back more. Than well, I mean, like, t- Toy Story is one of those. Uh, I don't know. It happens. It's well, not that f-
1: in Toy Story,
0: Godfather Two. But here's the thing:
1: Toy Story is more episodic. I mean, yes, sure, sure, sure. things yeah. cross over. I'm just. But, but it's not like Toy Story has like this overall
0: arc, right? That you're going for. I'm, I'm just saying that sometimes, so, every now and then, there are. There, it's not unheard of for a sequel to be like you know. Yeah, sure. More, more than likely, sequel's not going to be as good, but it's not unheard of. Really. No. Like, I oh mean, my, this is no. actually really good. I mean, 22 Jump Street is pretty, pretty good. 22 is fantastic. It's, holy shit, this is really good. Man. Um So Frozen yeah, Frozen 2 is going to wipe a lot of shit out, wipe them out of the way. Uh, not a surprise. It's only
1: 75% on the tomato meters, but it's still certified fresh. Yeah, that's good enough.
0: 75% for a Frozen 2, that's good enough so I haven't seen Frozen have you seen Frozen no uh, so Beautiful Day in the pretty good Jooster Cogmer and I seem to both give it two railroad cars up. ding is that, ding is that a good thing or a bad <laughs> thing <laughs> if the railroad cars are up two of them
1: that means they're like mid flip it's better than down which <laughs> <But> is on that <laughs> means they're on their way yeah but they're good <laughs> so they're good then they're, they're
0: up Okay We good <laughs> We good son Okay if you say so So Okay so we saw that uh, In theaters That was good mm. stuff This week We got uh, For Thanksgiving weekend We got knives out So that's gonna be uh, yep, Looking forward right, to that very well And uh, yeah, people What like else comes out well. so, so, A bunch of shit comes out Is there another weekend. thing that comes out Yeah uh, that, There it is. But in the meantime, I went to the Enzian Theater right up the road here from the old Crespediso studio, fortunately, and saw myself The Irishman. Martin Scorsese's The Irishman.
1: Yeah, Queen of Slim comes out next weekend, too.
0: Queen of Slim, that is the other movie. Yes, so we're going to see Queen of Slim and Nimes out this weekend. Looking forward to that. Good chance he put those movies together combined. You may have a three and a half hour, those two. Queensland yeah, okay. I so maybe an hour and a half. I can see names. I'll be in two hours. Yeah, easily. That'd I mean, be three and a half hour movie. The Irishman, three and a half hour. Oh, I was movie. about to say <laughs> three and a half hours. And I gotta say, Drew went by, went by well. I didn't feel I wasn't like God at Cold? no point. It it felt like the right amount of length mm-hmm. for this particular story. story. Um, it didn't feel bloated. No,
1: like it, it didn't drag where it wasn't supposed to drag, because sometimes there, the story's supposed to drag. Sure, so, there
0: were two scenes where, especially in a three and a half hour fucking th- in epic, a, in a three and a half hour movie, there were like maybe two scenes I, I was thinking of was like, yeah, we could do without this scene. Okay, so it was like what two, four minutes of movie, five uh, minutes of movie, impressive. Uh, there's a lot of characters and a lot of facets, so it's almost like. Yeah.
1: Is it all is it almost more than is, it's like should it have
0: been a series? I was about like to a say a mini series. A
1: mini-series, yeah. or like is this really only one story that we're fucking seeing here? Yeah, it's a thing. So <laughs> it is multiple stories. Okay.
0: It's the beginning is the story of uh, I don't know what it is, Frank Sheeran, Shearing, this Irish guy. This Irish fellow The Irish man who is the Irish man. Thank you very much. The one who is Irish? Oh, that's what that means. The uh, movie doesn't he's never called this does someone call him Irish at one point? The, on the screen and never says the Irishman. Okay. When the movie starts, the title cards say, um, I heard you paint houses, which is what's the name of the book.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, so it's weird that the movie itself, as the movie happens, it says I heard you paint houses on the on the screen.
1: Okay. It never says the
0: Irishman. Mm. It's weird. Okay, interesting. Uh, and then, in case you don't realize what they're talking about, remember this Martin Scorsese who, at the end of the movie, when uh, of The Departed, when a guy gets killed for being a rat, then he has a rat walk across the screen. Yeah. Martin Scorsese, not afraid of uh, sledgehammering you with his points. Yeah, no. He, he says, "I heard you paint houses," and then uh, there's a shot of some dude, no, uh, some uh, of, of like essentially De Niro shooting someone, and then there's blood splattering on the I like it. Know, so that's what it is. I uh, like it. Painting them houses. Um, so it's, he's a hit man who based on true story, he's telling his life story. It's got a Henry Hill Goodfellas vibe to it. He's narrating his whole life thing about how he started really low on a totem pole during, as a union truck driver, stealing meat from a supplier, um, on the route and, uh, getting busted for it, not turning anyone in, getting off scot-free with the legal system, And then through that, his lawyer, then I was like, I like you. Let me introduce you to some people. That's where he gets introduced to the Joe Pesci character, who's a mob type guy. Uh, Harvey Cartel's in the works over there somewhere as a side character. That's the thing. Harvey Cartel's in this movie. Barely speaks. He's off of the side wearing sunglasses. He's just like that dude. It's a big movie. Um, And then uh, the first like 40 minutes of the movie, because I checked my phone. Since I was in the back corner of his theater, I was like, I can actually keep track of the runtime. And I'm interested in seeing how this movie is broken up. Uh, it's 40 minutes until Pacino shows up okay. as, as Jimmy Hoffa. One of the few moments where the de-aging process was visibly like, whoa. <laughs> like, uh-uh. <You> know, <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Uh-uh, you guys are doing some stuff here. Yeah. Half of Pacino's scenes are like, he's covered in inexplicable shadows. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know? Gotcha. He's very...
1: Smoothed out inexplicable shadows. Yeah, yes,
0: he is very shadowy. This first scene where he's on the phone, he's like sitting in a dark office, like, I know what they're doing here. I'm okay. Um, with De Niro, it's weird. It's like, so he's playing a character as young as. There's only one shot of him in the war, in World War II, I, so he must have been in his 20s at that point. Yeah, It was really quick, so I'm not going to really bother with that one. But a uh, majority of the movie, I think, takes place in the 50s. 50s or 60s, which makes his character for the most part in his, in his like 50s and 60s. He never looked a day younger than like 70 years old to me, no matter okay. what. No matter what, what they, they did. did to him, yeah, no matter what his, his body, his face, he always looked like an old man. And what to their benefit, what they did, they also showed the character like in his 80s and they aged him up, even oh, from what okay. he looks like now. Gotcha, gray hair <laughs> and, and makeup. <clears throat> oh, two more, <sighs> one more. Okay, interesting. Interesting. development here. Let to write that right down. It's wrong. Three, three steams. Uh, 22 minutes. And, okay. It's for my records here. Yep. It's very important. Mm-hmm. So, I know. Studying, studying his habits. Uh, it's for how I plan world domination. You start one person at a time. Oh, that's the signal to continue <laughs> with the review. Uh, so, yeah, it was weird how it's like he was... His body shape was kind of thick up top, and the way he moved was, uh, you know... I was never that convinced that he was necessarily playing a younger version of himself. Okay. That being said, for the most part, it wasn't too... Like, like I said, the first time you see Pacino, it's like, whoa, that's weird. And then uh, there's a couple of shots later of De Niro that are close-up shots. They even use them in the trailers. And it's like, it doesn't look that great. No. His eyes always look weird. It's okay. almost like I feel like they put... um contacts in to maybe hide cataracts or something to make him look younger I don't know his eyes maybe they just changed his eye color whatever to look like the real guy's eye color no. um, his eyes looked weird often but still the the story of him going up in the union ranks meeting these mob guys meeting Jimmy Hoffa then we learn about Hoffa's problems how he butts head with the mob people how he works the pension fund he learned a lot about all that union stuff yeah no. Um, it has a, a feel of, like, uh, the aviator, you know, learning about like, you get Howard Hughes, like, 20, 30 years of his life, mm-hmm. learning about all his shit, right? Yeah. it has got a big feel of uh, uh, that type of thing. How this dude, Frank, moves, gets in with Hoffa, but then he becomes, like, divided amongst their interests and everything. It's very, very, very uh, well done, fascinating story. Very well acted on everyone's part. Uh, Pacino's, uh, he's off the rails in a couple scenes. He's great. He's, like, really... Going for like Doing his things, yeah, 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 for sure, he's 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 wild, and um, I really, really thought it was good. I really liked it. I can see why it's so well reviewed. Is it a masterpiece? You know what? It, it comes out on Netflix again in just a few days. I'm looking forward to rewatching it. I'm looking forward
1: to watching it. Period. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You
0: gotta gotta get your review. You gotta get your opinion on this one. Um do you wish I was sitting closer to the screen so I get more of the movie theater experience? But I did get the experience of sitting in a full theater and seeing how it played with a room full of people. And um, it was for sure working. There's a decent amount of humor in it. Uh, so a lot of, like, laughter throughout that theater. Uh, and then... But then it's interesting. So the, the movie does have a decent amount of humor to it. But then the last 20 minutes or so, the epilogue, uh, which at that point, we got to a point in the movie... Where I was like, oh man, this feels like this feels like we're we're getting to a point where this, this story is wrapping up. Like we're getting to the big third act ending of this drama. Yeah. Uh and I and I was a little surprised. I pulled out my phone, I was like, where we're at? I was like, holy shit, we're at this is the three hour mark. So I was surprised that we were already at three hours. It felt like maybe we were a little over two. Yeah. So it was for sure going back faster than I thought. And then I was like, Okay, well if this is happening, that means for sure this is the epilogue. I looked at my phone I was like, Yeah, we only got like fifteen minutes left. It all just felt, the pacing just felt right as I was watching. Um, and then the last like 15 minutes is pretty somber, mm-hmm. kind of melancholy. And then it ends in a in a way that kind of reminds me of uh, No Country for Old Men. And uh, as it says, directed by Martin Scorsese and the music kicks in and the lights came up. I was like, wow, I definitely for sure had a feeling of like, like I did see something pretty amazing. You know cool. what I mean? Yeah. What was the last time you had that kind of feeling where we were at it you walked out of the, like, wow, I think I felt something there? Like, like for sure, like, whoa. I, I mean, some, I saw something special.
1: Midsummer? Ooh, Midsummer. Probably was the last time. It was just like, no, right at the end, no, it was just you. like, well then. No, all I got, right. no, I got you good, huh? <laughs> no, I got you
0: good. It's like, all right. There you go. I'm thinking stuff like, um, like walking out of Mad Max. Frodo. Oh, God. Pff. That was. I was like, oh, man. That was. I feel energized. Uh,
1: I walked out of that next figure road with my brain just like scooping up my brain matter yes. and trying
0: to put it back into my head. Yes. so With my brain and my balls and my foot and my ass. I was like, what? I'm rearranged in the wrong way. <laughs> um, walking out of uh, Children of Men, There Will Be Blood. Yeah. Those movies like, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. What did that just do to me? Yeah. I had a similar feeling walking out of this one be being like, wow. Like, that was for sure. Someone who knows what they're doing. A lot of people who all know what they're doing working together and really nailing something that's sprawling and big and tough to pull off. And then I can, you can see the $160 million in all of it, the production design, not just at the ageing, the production design, the cast, the, the huge story, um, screenplay by Steve Zion, Zion, Zion. I don't know how to say his last name. Z Z A I L L E N, something like that. Got he's, for got, you. he's got a great, uh, filmography. Look at the movies he's written. He's a great writer. Um Scorsese directed the hell out of it But it's also not like too flashy Not like Wolf of Wall Street flashy You know It's a little more subtle But still I enjoyed it man I think it's really good People for sure Need to watch it um, If it's playing in a theater near you If that happens to be the case If you can get a ticket Get a ticket I know here at the Enzian, It's only playing twice a day Due to the length And They're only playing for five days Until it comes out on Netflix and on my way in, I pretty sure overheard someone saying all the screens were sold out. So there you go. Hmm. There you go. Sold out show. I was sitting at a table with three seats. Oh, you were that asshole? It, well, I, I, I was already low on options, here Chicago. Very low on options by the time I got there. 25 minutes ahead of time, very low on options.
1: We talked about that beforehand, too, if you were going to be that asshole or not.
0: And I said yes, right?
1: And then you said you were going to try and. Get like a, a single spot or one of the doubles on the side. And then instead, no. They were not available. <laughs> Did you sit in the middle of the table like you said
0: you were going to? No, I saw it. I saw it saw on the edge and I had the other two available on the side. And then as we started, some other dude grabbed one of the seats and then pulled it forward and sat awkwardly like sort of a, and blocked the aisle in a way. And then he was the asshole.
1: Mm. So he, he was just a bigger asshole. He was that's just a all. bigger
0: asshole. If you wanted to sit at the table, I'm like, yeah, sure, sit down, sir. No one wants to sit next to you. Why not? I don't even enjoy sitting next to you most of the time. I'm a nice looking guy. Really, yeah, I look pleasant. I I have an inviting face. I have a face that says, I I want to be your friend. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, So, the Irishman, very good. Uh, Rotten Tomato score, I'm sure it's in the 90 90 percentile. That's a good question. uh, With an average rating, I'm sure, of like probably eight points something. I'd give it like an eight, like an eight out of ten. And conversely, beautifully in the neighborhood like a seven out of ten. That's yeah, that'd be my ranking. My weekend rankings. Official so weekend rankings. <laughs> Bury them bitches. Chicago and pulling up the Ron Tomato score for the Irishman. Meanwhile, uh I'm gonna pull uh, up no, my list appa- here. Apparently no I'm not. Uh, no, he's not. He's refusing Apparently. to do so. Well, he no, I'm on. not. I'm not he refusing. My on strike.
1: Um, my phone is refusing, His and phone. Rotten Tomatoes is refusing. This
0: phone is on strike. Uh, media diets. What y'all watching this week? Ninety six percent. Ninety six percent. Hallelujah. Average rating eight point eight nine. Eight point eight nine. Did I call or did I cause it? Um, all that sounds right to me. So, yeah, if it's in your neighborhood, it's in a theater playing here, you see it if you can. But, I mean, good luck with that. Otherwise, it'll be on Netflix on Wednesday. Uh, Media diets. What are we watching? Let me tell you what I'm watching. Nailed it. Holiday Edition Season 2 came out this week. Drew Chicago and had to st- slap myself from just watching all six episodes right away. Like I was like, stop Wait, it. You didn't? I, I have one left. I, I assume that you'd already watched it all. I have one episode. <clears throat> I've saved one episode for today for, for either pre- or post- Watchmen robot watching. Okay, Probably, it's gonna have to be. I can't be up that late. I have to save for after though, so I can feel good before I go to bed. Because <laughs> you might not after watching <laughs> the way these shows are going. My world is devastated. Uh, I
1: Mister mean, Robot last week was pretty much just. I got
0: on your brother's I fucking fuck. for act play. You just changed all of it. You <laughs> changed everything that I know about Mister Robot. How dare you? Uh, <laughs> It's like all those people were like, I, I, I named my, name my child Khaleesi, for, for, uh, and now she's a, a murderous dragon queen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why you don't do that no, shit until
1: I, the end of the series when you actually know what happens to the characters.
0: I, I, I named my son Mr. Robot.
1: Ooh, bad idea. Uh, should just named him Shorteye. Hi-oh.
0: Um, nailed it. Holiday Edition, Season Two, six episodes, all holiday themed. First episode had Jason Manzoukis coming back. Uh, which is fantastic he really truly imposed his will on that show on that episode Good. it's the manzuka's half hour it's a lot of fun uh what's her name maya rudolph was the guest judge on two for three episode three paul Shear uh contestant <laughs> he's like i don't want to be a judge i want i want to get in this shit i want to bake <laughs> <laughs> he's baking it's ridiculous uh, they're a lot, man. I love the show stuff, but also he did the, um, the Hanukkah episode okay. and they got Ron Ben Israel to be the comeback as a guest cause he did it before. Uh, man, this show is so ridiculous and fun and enjoyable and it's making me want to bake some cakes. You said Coghwin. Bake them. I got, I got a cake in mind. Do it. I got a crispy, so cake, kick it up. It, in my mind, it looks amazing. Cake off Chris. I'm afraid it's going to kick, gonna, kick it's, off all over gonna your kitchen. A, it's going to be nail the type cake. Uh-huh. I'll, get, I'll get my mom to help me. Make as long it. as it tastes good. Oh, I was going to say, it's just going to be a basic vanilla cake with a, maybe with a whipped cream filling, maybe a whipped cream and some sort of jam, jelly filling, might, maybe a combination. But it's going to be about the look of it. That's what I'm thinking of right now. Yeah. It's going to be very crispy, so. Cool. As I'll say, Uh nailed it. Enjoyed it very much, Russo Cogburn. Uh Then we already mentioned Mr. Robot. Like, I one not that, too. The whole stage play yeah, thing. Mm-hmm. When it started, I I, was, I watched Watchmen, mm-hmm. and then it ended. I went immediately to USA. <laughs> I was like oh my god Like it's starting Oh my god it's starting Yeah like a Like a minute A minute gap between the two And uh Started That's a rough one Two punch right in a yeah, row. It was a crazy two punch And then It was like Commercial free Mr. Robot starts now And I was like What It's <laughs> like what Commercial free And then a straight hour Four act play Five acts Five acts yeah a Five act play Uh with Two locations Five characters um, with like stage lighting with the lighting the oh, whole sh- thing dude yeah the very over the top <laughs> stage uh, production of it uh, man it was a wild yeah, episode
1: yeah it was fucking nuts
0: change everything yeah changes everything mm-hmm. and then the way it ended I was like oh shit this is gonna complicate things you,
1: you gonna be my bat Chris mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> man <that. laughs> but no more no more oh my god <laughs> I was like I was like this is gonna happen no this is gonna happen then something else happened. I was like what nah! How oh, this is gonna resolve itself? I'll be finding out in about six hours. Yeah, seven hours. It's cool. Very much looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. And there's like four episodes left, five episodes left. White Rose was standing in front of that big old the display with the formulas last week. Yeah. The and I was like, we got, we have to show Elliot, we have to show him uh, what we the Fox him our side so that we're all on the same team. Yeah. And uh, and the assistant's like, we just gotta kill this motherfucker. And he's like, no, we still need him. But now that he knows... Here's the thing. Now that Elliot knows the truth about Mr. Robot, does he want to go to a world where all that is... Where Mr. Mm. Robot is back? Does he want to go back to uh, a possible... We'll find out. Next week on
1: Mr. Robot. Same robot time,
0: (laughs) same robot channel. Can't wait. Can't wait for Mr. Robot. Uh,
1: And then fucking Watchmen with the Looking Glass episode.
0: The Looking Glass episode was wild. I got questions about that. Uh, Obviously, we're doing the three episodes at a time patreon episodes mm-hmm. we'll talk more detail then but yeah that was that was some good yeah. story Lori Lori blake she's such a hard-ass bitch i like how hard-ass she is yeah i don't like a lot of her dialogue <laughs> <laughs> like lindelof sucks like i don't like the way she's written no i don't like what like the things she's saying necessarily but i like how tough she is i like that yeah this is what happened to Lori. she'd be mm-hmm. uh anti-vigilante and like especially what they did with uh, Dan Dan's locked mm-hmm. up somewhere poor Dryberg uh, I could see her uh, being this kind of character looking down on the cops good line about what was the thing you know, you know what's the difference between the the vigilantes and the cops the mass cops and they're like we don't know and she's like I don't know either. Neither, do I. <laughs> neither do I take that
1: hi-oh
0: drop walking away and then uh, what's her name night night uh, night vision what's her name Night, night, nun, night nun, something like that. Night nurse, <laughs> night badass. <laughs> Regina King, whatever her yeah. character is, uh, she's just standing there like, oh shit, she got, she got us oh, good. I got got. She got us good. Looking glass, mirror guy. She got us good, mirror, mirror guy. guy. Uh, that's a, it's it's good. But again, is anything true? It's Lindelof. Is anything true? I don't know. See now, it's Lindelof. <laughs> Three episodes. There's more episodes left to Mister Robot to get <clears> things <throat> answered and explained and wrapped up. And it's a final season, so we're expecting yeah. things to be wrapped up. Lindelof was like, I designed this season to be a one and done. If HBO wants to continue doing a season two, they can. And they can do it without me if they want to. But this is supposed to be contained. Yeah. Just like the original Watchmen. Um, but is that going to happen? Well, that was episode four. Yeah. So there's only five left because I think there's nine episodes. Man, I don't know.
1: It just means there might be a... Crazy couple episodes where a lot of shit happens. Where a lot of shit happens.
0: And they're also doing the thing where every episode is sort of centered on a character. Yeah. Or just like they mm-hmm. did with the OG book. Yep. So they did one on uh on Regina King's character, one on Tim Blake Nelson's, one on uh on Gene Smart's. And there was the fourth one. I can't remember. Well, we can see Dr. Manhattan. Maybe never.
1: <laughs> I mean Maybe we'll just get allusions to him The whole time God, God, come on
0: <laughs> I'm gonna see some Blue penis man I ain't talking about no The blue, avatar no Parody blue dildo. porns On um, porn What No blue The blue dildo wasn't enough For you I mean
1: it was okay Giant <laughs> dildo Wasn't good enough was With attachable okay. balls It was okay
0: It was okay It was okay Um Mandalorian episode 3 <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Come on now, that's, that's a good show. God damn, that's, Chris. That's a good show, man. I've, I've <laughs> got to get me one of those. Yeah, I get one of those. They're going to have Baby Yodas available for sale. Oh, of course they dude. By Christmas I, already.
1: When not going to The second I saw it, I was like, so Come how on. long until the plush toy comes definitely out? Want one. And how
0: long until they sell out? Until they sell out. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to want one. Yeah. Um, uh, Bill put this on on the in, on our Facebook group, and I told him I was going to steal it uh, and claim it as my own insight. Okay. But I guess I just accidentally gave him credit. Damn it. Uh, it's very much a Lone Wolf and Cub Shogun Assassin type of deal. Yes. Uh, where it's, um, for people who don't know, Shogun Assassin is two movies combined, Lone Wolf and Cub series, a samurai pushing his little child, uh, I mean little child, like kids in a basket, but he's like, yeah. eight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pushing them through some sort of like feudal wasteland and just like cutting people down while the child like prays for their souls. It's pretty awesome. Uh, this is very much it. The bounty, yeah. ha- the bounty hunter with a child. Yeah. And then people are hunting them down. Yeah. Come on.
1: I mean, Star Wars is going back to what brought them in their original glory, just ripping off samurai and westerns. Yeah.
0: They lost their way. <laughs> Finally, they're being. Brought back into yeah. into the right path yeah. of ripping off the proper things that they should have been ripping off the whole the time. Whole time yeah. Uh just straight up old samurais and westerns. Um mm-hmm. uh, man, it's good. Yeah, it is. It's I'm good. Agreeing. It's good, good. good. You,
1: did you watch his dark materials this week?
0: I did not. That's the one that I have not caught up on. Okay. So uh I'm gonna have to do a bit of catching us, but we have got a holiday weekend. Come, mm-hmm. we have a little bit of extra time. Mm-hmm. I'll be able to do that for sure. Uh Have you watched it? Are you up on it? No. Are you enjoying it? No, yes, we're we getting good. Yeah. Uh, so they just did, they've done think episode of, three yeah, so far because things are getting wackier. We're getting further
1: north. Yeah. So uh,
0: has our demon? When's our demon gonna set onto its uh, final polar bear? No, form? I'm probably thinking the, end of the season right. Well, last episode.
1: Maybe. I don't think the last episode. I think probably around. I mean, obviously she has to get to the north and. Probably see at least one of those war bears before her demon will turn into it. Okay, I, I would
0: assume. to have knowledge of them yeah. before the the her demon her soul uh-huh. takes that form yeah. before it then settles. Yeah, and so whatever. Mm-hmm. True. So true, true.
1: But yeah, it's fun.
0: I'm enjoying it. All right, very right, cool. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to, have to um, catch up. We have to catch up. Anything else you're watching? Anything else oh, you're getting down with?
1: I watched The King on Netflix. Uh, what's that one? That Timothy Chalamet. Is uh King Henry V.
0: And who
1: uh Pattinson is barely in the movie.
0: Oh, really? Barely in the I thought he wasn't gonna be in it anymore. No.
1: Uh how was it? It was good. Yeah. Was two and a half hours a little long. That is a little Um fun. but for what it was, it was I mean, it's you know, it's historically accurate. Yeah. So if you know what happens, then no big surprises here.
0: Sure. It's just the unfolding of things. Mm-hmm. What's the style of it? How cheap? What, is it a little stiff, little formal? Did they try to update it?
1: Ah, uh, they didn't try to update it. Um, Robert Pattinson's French accent is god awful. <laughs> um, it's almost worth just watching that scene just so you can make fun of him afterwards. Maybe he's
0: just having fun with it. Maybe he's like, I'm just showing up here and having a good time. Yeah, probably.
1: I mean, he did wallow, wallow around in the mud in a full suit of armor, so it's, that was fun. See, that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah.
0: but it was it good. Was it was. I, good was I
1: think it was awesome. co-written by uh, what's God, yeah, it was. Well, oh, what's his face? Uh, uh, Joel Egerton. Oh, okay. So it's he helped write it, and he was like the main supporting character.
0: Did he direct it? Oh, uh-huh.
1: no, okay. no, he did not. Okay.
0: okay, because he does direct. I him. know. Yes, he does a little bit. The
1: Bend- the Bendelson's in it. Nice hashtag Bendelson. He shows up. Yeah. So it's got a good cast. No, yeah, I mean it, it's of the better
0: Netflix movies. Okay,
1: but it's still still a Netflix
0: movie still a Netflix movie so interesting very interesting The King yes alright good old Timothy Chalamet mm-hmm. our uh, once in future uh, ruler of Araxis all hail Paul Atreides uh, and else nothing else it okay alright not bad I like it good stuff uh, I'm reading a book now that I'm loving very much uh, but I'm going to continue reading a little bit more before I tell you guys about it next weekend uh, well, I'm sure I'll post about it on my Instagram at some point this week. Cinema crispy. So let's take a break. I gotta top off my beverage here. Gotta add some stuff to it. It's a little low. I'm sure Drew needs to smoke a cigarette. Mm-hmm. I can see him shaking the, the whole table. I, I have. I, I had to apply audio dampeners to all the equipment. See now they're failing. The dampeners are failing. Uh, we'll be back with this. This show is a weird show. We'll be back with the second half of 3:59 in just a moment. Hope you guys enjoyed this break, in which it's just um the theme song, cause that's how good it is. Shouts akahanaudio.com. Welcome back. Here we go, Drissa Cogburn. Where can people find you online?
1: At Anteater four one nine, Facebook and Instagram. Follow at Drissa on Twitter. It's not me,
0: but they do a great job. Great, great job. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it on Twitter at Crespediso. Instagram Cinema Crespediso. Facebook Cinema Crespediso group and page. Then of course Patreon.com dot slash Crespediso. We just released our episode on Big Trouble in Little China. Right? <laughs> Is what we did? Yes. I think so. You know, oh,
1: my, tw- my Twitter is so good, Chris.
0: Yeah, you got a good tweet? Oh, yeah, you're a 10-year challenge. That's good
1: stuff. <laughs> yes. And did you hear, Chris? I'm Nightwing. You're Nightwing now? I'm Nightwing now. Congratulations. Well, I mean, according to Please. that picture.
0: Right. Congratulations. Congratulations. Nightwing. Uh, okay, so uh, patreon.com slash Crespo. So sign up for stuff we appreciate. Follow Drissi Cogmer on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at IamChrisCrespo. And... Uh, Find my secret Snapchat for 15 a month to get my uh, shirtless sandwich eating videos. What? There's something called Muck, Muck Quack, Muck Dang, Muck Dong. Uh, people are now legitimately making money and just eating food on, on YouTube. What? It started in Korea. But now it's here in America. It was on CBS Sunday morning, which means if the old people know about it. It's old news. What? <laughs> Mukdong. I'm, s-
1: I'm so confused, Chris.
0: Uh anyway, look for my uh like I said, look for my secret Snapchat account where I eat sandwiches shirtless. Fifteen nine nine a month.
1: Probably make some good money doing that, Chris.
0: First you gotta find it. It's secret you gotta find it. And then you gotta pay. Yeah. The first first video posted chicken salad sandwich.
1: Ooh. Sounds messy. A
0: lot of mayo. <laughs> Extra mayo. And my beard was thick that day. Thick beard. And you were you were sitting in a ninety degree room with no air conditioning. God no. This isn't hot yoga. <laughs> my hot yoga. No, channel it's hot is chicken separate. salad eating. That's a separate channel.
1: <laughs> is that is that Chris's hot sandwiches?
0: That's a completely separate <laughs> channel. Just a Godward. Hi, I'm Jeff Goldblum. Like that. My job is to be devoted to love and to devotion itself. No, of course I don't die. I prevail, and, the, and the, the the great animals are let out in San Diego. Let's do a little uh, practice round of Six Degrees of Jeff Goblin. Mama, give you looking around the room here. Let's start with uh, how about good old Chris Hemsworth? Name a movie. Wait, no, you can't do that. That's still right Let's <laughs> <now. laughs> say like uh, done. Uh, one one degree. We, win. we the win. Game over, Chris. <laughs> I'll give you Patrick, <laughs> Patrick Swayze. Here we go. He died a while ago, so that helps. I'll think of someone who's dead. Goodness, goodness gracious. He's probably, they're probably still in the movie together. Okay. Patrick Swayze. Go ahead. See what you can do with that. Tu Wong Fu. To Wong Fu. Thanks for everything. Julie Newmar. Uh, with the, Let's see. Who do I want to choose from that one? What would get us closer to Jeff Goldblum? I'm going to say Wesley Snipes.
1: Wesley Snipes. To the gold bloom. Snipes.
0: Snipes the Bloom is the name of my childhood memoir, <laughs> in which I discuss my uh, struggles with puberty and 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 the snipe that you never caught. No, the uh, how my circumcision led to the the, the the developments of uh, the you know mm-hmm. etc. Et mm-hmm. Snipes, Snipes the Bloom, and how I overcame you know reattaching the mm. certain mm. parts of the. Mm. Well the snipes mm-hmm. just a guy word? Dolomite is my name. Dolomite is my name with Eddie Murphy. Damn it, I got back
1: to me way too quick.
0: (laughs) Just give me me an Eddie Murphy movie. We're trying to get to I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. know. I'm trying to get to Murphy Murphy to the Gold Blue. I am trying to send the I am trying to send the movie to you. If if you think of if you say a particular movie, I can go to Jeff Goldblum. I'm it to you with my brain. Here we go. Wah, 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 wah.
1: <laughs> Wait, if I say a movie, you can say Jeff Goldblum, or you can get me I, to Jeff I Goldblum. I can get to Jeff Goldblum, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah
0: very easily. Okay. We, we can end it. If you say the right Eddie Murphy movie, if I say the we right can end this, baby.
1: Eddie Murphy movie.
0: I was happy when he said Dole by his banana because that means I knew he could get to Eddie Murphy. I was <laughs> like, man, this guy's getting us on the right track right away. fuck, You're doing
1: good. Um,
0: thinking hard or hardly thinking. Fuck. This is where I say... Well, this will, I'm
1: trying cool. to... Now I'm that you sorry. said that there's a specific movie you're looking for, I'm trying to figure out what that movie is so I, I, I can know, say it. I know it's hard. <laughs> you're trying
0: to think two steps ahead. Just, Just... Just pick one. Just pick a popular one. <laughs> Don't go deep. Don't go deep on a filmography. Don't overthink it.
1: Um,
0: um. Fucking Beverly Hills Cop. All right. Beverly Hills Cop with Damon Wayans. Who was in... <laughs>
1: Damn it Chris You can do this He was in This whole
0: bunch of fucking movies What specifically <laughs> I mean there's Blank Man That doesn't get us anywhere No Everyone forgets about Blank Man I don't forget about Blank Man No we can't it was on TBS every other day when say. we were growing up. How can you forget about that movie? Good old blank man.
1: I mean, we got, we, we got your major pains.
0: Mm-hmm. We got to... But
1: he's the only one in that movie. Like, I can't think of anybody else in that movie right. to like, bring us to the proper point.
0: There's one where he is with a couple of guys. One of whom happens to be... the one... <laughs> we're talking about... <laughs> Oh man, I am not good at this. Mm. It's fine. It's a part of your brain. We're just working out now, mm. so that when we get to the live version of the show it's and we pull people in. off from the audience, the you go up it's against you. It's the way. Ah, oh, that's gonna it's work. The
1: out. Way in. It's not the Damon
0: variety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not the Keenan and no. not the Marlin. No, but the Damon. No. Give up. You give up. Let's I, get, I, I, get, I, can't, I can't
1: figure out what fucking movie you're trying to get me here. Uh, Earth
0: Girls Are Easy with Jeff oh. Goldblum. He's one of the three aliens. of Tim Jim Carrey Jeff Goldblum. Right. There, we right, you there we go. There oh, we go. That was about six or seven moves, right? We went back and Some forth lot. like three or four times. I don't remember. Oh, that wasn't too bad. So, there you go. Uh, shout out to Gabe, our guest from last week. Surprise guest. We had a good time with Gabe. It was his idea for the game and we enjoy it. Shout out to Akon Audio for providing the audio. Pretty sure uh, Okay It's uh, You know what Drew We don't have any emails People can email us gmail.com. They haven't emailed us That's fine You don't have to um, So instead We're gonna do Top 10 Movie news stories of the week You ready? Sure Alright here we go 10, Ten. We got a new director on board for RoboCop Returns, the new RoboCop movie in development. It was going to be Neil Blomkamp for a while, guy who did mm-hmm. Elysium, District Nine, Chappie. Good choice for RoboCop, you would think so, right? Um, problem is, he had another project. See, when you're a filmmaker, a producer, etc., you don't put all your eggs—you don't put all your bags in one ascot.
1: What's an that? So, no ascots. No
0: ascots. Okay. Don't put all your bags in one ascot. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. That that way leads to folly, Drusa Cogburn. Okay. Don't do that. Gotcha. You have to have multiple ascots. i example multiple ascots. Multiple ascots go in. The maybe same a couple time. scarves. Maybe a couple scarves. Maybe one or two fingerless gloves. And uh, so he had a horror thriller movie set up at MGM that he got a green light on that one and things were coming together for that one quicker than his Robocop movie was coming together. So he went to, I think it's Warner Brothers and he was like, guys, MGM has my other movie up and running. I, if you want, I can do this and then I'll come back into Robocop. And they're like, nah, we trying to hit some release dates. So he has moved on due to scheduling conflicts to make his movie his thriller. And instead, uh another person's been brought on. This fellow by the name of uh Abe Forsyth, whose credits include Down Under and recently released Little Monsters. I'm not sure what those things are. Okay. But the RoboCop Returns movie is still happening. Drew Sakai, we ready for yet another RoboCop wow money
1: did the last one make that much?
0: no that's why they're not doing a sequel of that one what
1: makes them think that making another one will bring in any sort of return because I think the first one made
0: money that's why they ended up doing two and three and that was how long ago? 88 okay that hasn't stopped them from going back to the 80s well for others for other modern nostalgia pieces, especially doing the old, this is a direct sequel to the original RoboCop. Like, even ignoring Frank Miller's RoboCop 2, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah. I like RoboCop 2. Well, why not? It's chintzy and corny, but it's fun. It's got Tom Noonan as a bad guy. They're all doing a drug called Nuke. Would you do a drug called Nuke? That was the thing that you put to your neck and, like, right into your aorta? Ah, I don't like needles. But it's not like a needle thing, though, technically. It's like a little, I'm sure it's a tiny needle in there, but it's like it's like what people use for, like, Diabetic medicine or I don't like needles. Okay, there we go. There's that one. Choose a cogword. Choose a cogword on record. He doesn't like needles. Nine. So Drew with Disney Plus, as I'm sure you've noticed, using now uh, a lot of stuff obviously aimed for families. Mm-hmm. As well as straight up kids. Are you ready for adult fare? Sure. How are you? Maybe. Disney Plus head honcho Kevin Mayer said recently, we are adding more stuff that's aimed at grownups. It takes lead time to create really high quality original programming. We have them coming on in the cadence we think is the right cadence that we can make sure it's high quality. I feel like this line here, Drew, is a dig at Netflix. We don't want to rush things through just to have volume. That's not our philosophy. We want to do fewer things better. It feels like it. Okay, a direct, I
1: like that. Right. I like fewer things better. Right? As opposed to just a whole bunch of shit. As opposed to here's four movies
0: a week. It's all garbage. They're all bad. All bad. So that, that's what Netflix does. Isn't that crazy? No. They really shit the bed on that one. I hope that doesn't happen with HBO Max when they come out next year with all of that programming. As long as HBO
1: doesn't change what... The, They've been killing it, doing it the way they've been doing it for as long as they have. They
0: have, but HRL Max is going to be more.
1: i, I probably get less quality then, unfortunately. Right, unfortunately, right?
0: That's a bummer, isn't it? There's
1: no way it can all be that good.
0: No way! What they all have now isn't all that good. You get your occasional John from Cincinnati's. Or uh, or Luck. Or other uh, ones that uh, that kind of crept a bit. I don't know. Probably a bunch. I mean, this probably Notification out of the way. How dare you? We're recording, sir. I don't care about your Windows security advisory about China hackers. We'll worry about that later. Uh, so more Disney stuff uh, to be aimed at grownups coming eventually, but Drew, don't expect it right away. Because they're working on it. <laughs> so uh, the internet was buzz for a hot minute about news of uh, Todd Phillips sitting down with Warner Brothers about a possible Joker sequel contract negotiations in the works that would include Todd Phillips also getting to do solo movies based on other characters. Okay. This drew all turned out to be hogwash. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. Not necessarily hogwash, but ain't no contract negotiations, ain't no. Uh, has not gotten that far at all. Now, the Joker has made a billion dollars at the box office on a $50 million budget. (laughs) Warner Brothers, we fool not to be like, please.
1: We need to find a way to capitalize on this some more, please. Joker (coughs) 2.
0: Come on, Joker 2, guys. We'll give you an extra $5 billion. Joker 2, let's do it. And um, I I actually got a quote here where Phillips, Todd Phillips himself, has actually clarified exactly how far these types of negotiations or talks, I should say, have gone. He said, "Um, here's the real truth about a sequel. Joaquin and I have talked about it. And while touring the world with WB executives, we're sitting at dinner and they're saying, so you thought about blah, blah, blah. but But talking about contracts, it's not a contract for us to even write a sequel. We've never approached Joaquin to be in a sequel. All that happened, again, I just think the article was anticipatory at best. So I mean So they're chatting Most likely it's gonna happen I mean when's it gonna happen Who knows Three years from now (laughs) After The Batman Which is man That thing's getting wild Yeah no shit Did I pull that story I don't think uh... No bonus story guys Oh my god Here you go Bonus story We got a casting update on the Batman. They keep adding more people to Chicago. Dude, it, it's nuts. It's ridiculous. Playing the role of uh, Carmine Falcone is... Dun, 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 dun. Come on, Chris. Harrison Ford. That's correct. You got it. No. Uh, I forgot I forgot who it was. I didn't actually pull the story. And I thought uh, if I did a long lead like that, my brain would kick in properly and say, who. but you know what? That's not what happened, and it's fine because I'm pulling up right here. Uh, Just a recap, though. (laughs) We have Robert Pattinson.
1: You're really good at elongating things and giving yourself filler time.
0: I appreciate it that uh, much. It's a skill that I, feel it's like a, I developed it's over a, the years and my m- much time in radio and podcasting and scrolling. And, scrolling. <laughs> and uh, so we have Robert Pattinson's Batman. <laughs> we have uh, Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon, mm-hmm. of course. Yes, yeah. we have uh, we got a Catwoman, yep. Zoe, Zoe Kravitz, yep. daughter of lady Kravitz and uh, stepdaughter of Aquaman. Aquaman. Aqu- Aqu- Right <laughs> uh, Is that right Yes yeah.
1: Stepdaughter of Aquaman That's pretty cool <laughs> They're almost the same age That's what I'm saying
0: It's hilarious They're almost the same age Oh here we go Updated cast. Oh, okay. I found it Okay here we go uh, Carmine Falcone Will be played by John Turturro mm-hmm. Is that something Yeah That's pretty interesting uh, I'm really
1: surprised That Andy Circus is Alfred
0: Andy Alfred Is a crazy choice um, oh, I, did I pull that? there may be a separate story. Um, and then uh, uh, we got our uh, Paul Dano as Riddler. We got uh, Colin Farrell as Penguin. It's a stacked cast with a lot of villains, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to see if I pull the story. I pull it again, again? And... um. It, now the Carmine Falcone uh, casting leads more credence to he's a major character in the the long Halloween, which is when everyone feels like the sword's going, which is essentially just Batman fighting a lot of villains. Yes, which is what they do with Batman Begins. Batman Begins is yeah. sort of long Halloween. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, so are they sort of doing that again? Maybe. We'll see, Bono's looking pretty, pretty crazy. That Batman movies, there you go. That was your bonus story of the week. Moving on now, number seven. Seven.
1: seven.
0: Uh, Star Trek Four has been in development hell for a couple years after that Justin Lind one that made an okay amount of money. People thought it was fine. Uh, they've been trying to make a new one for a while. They were trying to do a time travel thing where they were going to bring back Chris Hemsworth as James T. Kirk's father, and have uh, the Chrises Hemsworth and Pine mm-hmm. as uh, the uh, the Kirks, James battling Kirks, James and whoever. Well, I, don't I know mean, we battle on whoever.
1: Well, technically, what wasn't wasn't Chris Hemsworth? Is not he already his father
0: in the movies? That's what I'm saying. Technically. Right, he, he played his dad yeah. in the opening scene. Yes, in in the first Star Trek, J.J. Abrams Star Trek. Mm-hmm. That was before he was store and he was a big star. Correct. He, he, they were they he, were on the he, Hemsworth bandwagon ahead of time. He
1: was just he he was he was that guy from uh, Cabin of the Woods.
0: And if you go back and listen to our review of Star Trek, uh, I remember us being like, "That guy who played the dad. It was really good. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want to see more of him. He was really good." Um so we talk about that. So yeah, and then he became a huge star since then, a household name. So obviously, it was Star Trek IV, they They're like, "Well, hell, let's try to work him into it." Um, scheduling and contract negotiations have kept that all from happening. That never happened. J.J. Abrams has moved on. A lot of people have moved on. Mm-hmm. So they got a director now. Oh, they're also doing one with um, S.J. Clarkson, who was like the director on a lot of Jessica Jones episodes. She is. She's not moved on to something that's completely different. Uh Star Trek Four has found someone to take on the reins, and it is uh, he of TV Fargo and Legion fame, Noah Hawley. Yeah, very interesting. Very interesting. That'll be fun. Uh, I'm not a Star Trek guy, so if you want me to see it, got to be interesting. Noah Hawley is interesting as hell. Yeah, I oh, would we'll definitely see what he has. to do. Uh, No,
1: t- yeah. After all the stuff that he's done, I'm. I it, mean, after Legion, I'm fucking completely sold on just about anything he does.
0: But what happened to that Lucian Sky movie? Wasn't that supposed to come out? Did that ever come out? Remember? That was supposed to come out like October. Did that get pulled without any of us knowing? I haven't even seen articles about it being pulled.
1: What's us find Chris.
0: I think it may be a bad movie, Drew. <laughs> well, I mean, it looked like a bad movie. He, has a, he does have an indie film that he did before Mr. Robot. That is 2019. kind of either, Ooh. Yeah, it came out on October fourth. It came out? Why did I feel like it not played here? I don't think it played here.
1: <laughs> well, because it's twenty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Whoa
0: And thirty six percent on
1: Metacritic. Whoa! And four point five on IMDB.
0: Damn. That is why. Damn. I can't wait to see it now. October, November, December, January. So will come out on uh, Hulu. <laughs> oh, speaking of Hulu, Booksmart is out on Hulu. People, check that out. Oh yeah, it is. That's a good one. That's very fun. It's bueno. Yeah, I enjoy it very much. Uh, there's a scissoring scene in it. Yes, there is. But it's not. It's not what you think. Then. No. <laughs> nope. No, it's not. But I mean, we we're talking about lesbian sex, but it's mm-hmm. not um, so, a. Yeah. still not what you think. No. No. No, it's not. I rewatched the first 20 minutes. Back to my media diet. I rewatched the first 20, 25 minutes of um, um, Basic Instinct. That's a fun movie, man. <laughs> well, I'm going to finish that. Then. <laughs> I think it's on Hulu. I was watching it. Uh, got a good beaver shot of that. Did you know that? Yeah. You can see her. Uh, uh-huh. You can see her. Uh, yes. Whoo- her, whoo- 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 you know that little. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah.
1: Yes. No. <laughs> Not that. I don't think it was that. I think you're mistaken.
0: Where did my links go? All right, here we go. Uh, um, so, yes, Star Trek 4 has a new director, Snow Holly. We'll see if it's any good. Moving on to the next story. I mean, it could be fun. Yes. I agree. Six. All right, guys, here we go. We. Uh, I'm sure by now most of us have seen that new Sonic the Hedgehog trailer. Mm hmm. Which you get that redesign
1: looks more palatable to my eyes for whatever like, reason. Looks like Sonic, right? Yeah, they just fixed it. Mm-hmm. it. Doesn't look weird. No, it doesn't look like some weird anthropomorphized Sonic that's like part human and maybe wants to bang my mom or something.
0: Yeah, too much teeth and like yeah. weird, long, furry fingers. They put the gloves back on, them. eyes too tiny, 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 tiny eyes like a, like a weirdo. Um. So, uh, it looks like they estimated how much the redesign cost, the Sonic the Hedgehog redesign. $35 million to redesign Sonic the Hedgehog, making this $90 million film cost $125 million. It's not going to make that money Oh, no, they did not greenlight a $100 million Sonic the Hedgehog movie, Joseph cockburn. But here it is. Here it is. It's a lot like Cats. When I saw an article online that had the Cats budget. At like 230 pounds, 230 million pounds, which comes out as like $290 million. It's like, what? $300 million movie? No, I sort of want to see it. <laughs> you spend that much money. I want to see what you do with it.
1: Well, they got big names. Huge and, names. And they're all probably paid very well. And on top of it, to they... To be
0: in weird uh, bodysuits.
1: Yeah, to be in weird bodysuits and then be covered in fur.
0: That weird... Photoreal fur thing That makes them all seem naked Even though they're not
1: Well the only reason why it makes them see, feel naked Is because instead of giving them Anatomically correct cat parts They gave them anatomically correct human parts That's
0: true they got cat
1: t- So Taylor Swift has human titties Instead of cat titties
0: Just human cat titties mm-hmm. Just a human cat titty hybrid mm-hmm. It's like what if uh, The Island of Dr. Moreau yes. Was done by Andrew Lloyd Webber Correct That's exactly what it is no, I want to see it. <laughs> Got any of that strychnine laying around from the 90s? No, no, I don't. You know, it's an alkaloid, and that's why it's so addictive, just like caffeine. Or, anyway, that's a book I'm reading. I'll talk to you about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw this funny part. of The reason why I pulled up this story is because I saw this tweet that went around. Some people were sharing it. But someone was like, yo, a weird impassioned plea. they were like, yo, we all complain about the sonic design. They heard our complaints, went back and redesigned it. So now it cost them thirty-five million dollars to redesign it. We need to show them that we appreciate the redesign by showing up to this movie and seeing it and, and and spending our money to see this movie, which is like the bullshit of bullshits. That makes me so mad. Yeah, no, it's bullshit. They made a thirty-five million dollar mistake. Yeah, that's on them. It's on them for fucking up the first time around. It's not our fault that they fucked up the design. Then they felt the need to go back and fix it.
1: I mean, if they, if they, ha- I mean, if they. Thought the movie was good enough on its own, they mm-hmm. would have just put it out. They would so just put it, out. obviously, they knew the movie's not that good to begin they with.
0: They knew the movie was trash and had to do everything they could to fix it, and that included redesigning the character that everyone has known and loved for twenty years now. Oh, I don't know how long synonymous been with uh, Sega. Sega, and, no. right? come on, man! It's been uh, at least since nineteen ninety something. I know it's a whole decade, but you know what I'm saying. So uh, whoever posted that, I think is a loser, and whoever retweeted that sucks. Is that strong enough? Yeah. I think so. Five. So now the new weekly thing is to uh, find people bashing uh, Marvel movies and then post about it. So you've had a few weeks of that with uh, Martin Scorsese, mm-hmm. Coppola, <clears throat> Jennifer Aniston, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Uh, And then, of course, the people defending it and whatever. Uh, it's, it's an old, boring conversation now. But agreed. Someone found some Alan Moore quotes from a few years ago, Uh and they've been those have been circulating lately about his thoughts on the comic book genre. He's been bashing
1: it for so long. He's
0: been bashing since he's been in it.
1: He 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 has been bashing the comic book industry since the '90s when they became popular again, and he was like, "Not cool."
0: Yes, because he's. A smart guy. Yeah, and it's funny that when uh, a little
1: too smart. That's his problem. That's a
0: little too smart. He is uh, the suffer from old crotchy manisms and a lot of things, but also a lot of things he says is very smart, Uh very astute, very aware. Well, and it's things that people deny.
1: Well, and it's the reason why he's so old and crotchy is because he is so smart. And, he's been around for and so he fucking, long. He actually knows what he's talking about. Yes, so. perspective.
0: <laughs> so to completely dismiss him as being like nuts or dumb or whatever yeah. is itself a dumb thing. To yeah,
1: do. I mean the. The only reason why we're still doing all this Watchmen bullshit is because the rights never reverted back to Alan Moore. And he... He
0: He would have squashed it it all.
1: Well, yeah, because it's famous. Him and what was the dude who... Dave uh, Gibbons. Him and Gibbons joked when they first signed the deal because Alan Moore was actually really concerned about it at the time. Mm -hmm. And he was like... Dave Gibbons I mean, He's like, listen, they're never going to do any of this stuff that you think they're going to do. They're never going to do it. They're don't. They're, they're not they not going to put the money into it. They're not going to do this. They're yeah. never going to do it. And Alan Moore was right. And they did everything he said they were going to, yeah, it which took is a why while, he still it, doesn't own the rights to his own work.
0: It took him a while, but they did do all those things. That's 100% true. And the things he has to say now about comic books, comic movies, and superhero culture at large... A lot of it's very true.
1: Well, I mean, he's been commenting on it since Watchmen. That's why Watchmen's so fucking good.
0: And, uh, and but since then, nerd culture and comic book culture has only gotten stronger, yeah. more uh, ingrained mm-hmm. in society and what we have going on. Which
1: means as popular and groundbreaking as Watchmen was, mm-hmm. nobody really got it. They
0: didn't get it. And uh, now Alan Moore is trying to talk to people about, like, this is what's going on. And no one wants to hear it because no one wants to hear that they're a bunch of grown man babies.
1: Well, they are. That's why, that's why we call them fanboys, not fanmen. That's true. There's
0: no such thing as fanmen. A bunch of fanboys. Mm-hmm. Alan Moore, quote, I think the impact of superheroes on popular culture is both tremendously embarrassing and not a little worrying. While these characters were originally perfectly suited to stimulating the imaginations of 12 or 13-year-olds, today's franchise uber-mention aimed at a supposedly adult audience, seems to be serving some kind of different function and fulfilling different needs. Uh, this is fascinating. Um, primarily, mass-market superhero movies seem to be abetting an audience who do not wish to relinquish their grip on A, their relatively reassuring childhoods, or B, to relatively reassuring 20th century. I think that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. The continuing popularity of these movies to me suggests some kind of deliberate, self-imposed state of emotional arrest combined with a numbing condition of cultural stasis that can be witnessed in comics, movies, popular music, and indeed radicals, cultural spectrum. Uh, but then he goes on. He takes... He, this is the best part. So he, he, he what he just did, Drew, was uh, he just... Took a whole, like, he walked into the middle of the the, the comic book movie arena. And
1: took a big steam pile of shit right in the middle Took of a it. big
0: old steam pile of shit right in the middle of it called a bunch of fanboys fanboys. The next quote is him standing over that shit, dumping gasoline on it, <laughs> and lighting it on fire. And then aiming a fan, a, a, an oscillating fan, so everyone can smell his burning shit. Because this, <laughs> this is some hot stuff right here. Superheroes themselves, largely written and drawn by creators who have never stood up for their own rights against the companies that employ them. See, just like you talk about this anger about the rights and all that Mm -hmm. stuff, it's all in here. What seem to be largely employed as cowardice compensators, perhaps a bit like the handgun on the nightstand. I would also remark that save for a smattering of non-white characters and non-white creators, i.e. your Black Panthers, Mm -hmm. etc. Save for them. These books and iconic characters are still very much white supremacist dreams of the master race. In fact, I think that a good argument can be made for D.W. Griffith's Birth of a Nation as a first American superhero movie and the point of origin for all those capes and masks. Oh Damn. Damn. Was that the sound of a machine gun just mowing down a whole crowd full of nerds? Yes, pretty much. Being and, like,
1: and it's and, and it was being done by the Merlin of nerds, the Merlin of nerds, <laughs> the Merlin of nerds was like, "Fuck you, retard!s You all suck." <laughs> it's like it's like if Jesus I, I, came. It's I don't know like, if he was a retard. It, word. It's 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 like if Jesus came down from heaven right now mm-hmm. and looked at all the christians oh, and just gave them the finger oof. and then went back to
0: heaven oof. that's pretty much what just happened this would be jesus looking up christians right now you don't know black music you never understood black music you couldn't handle black music. that's jesus yeah. talking to all the christians yes and then going back agreed yep middle fingers going <laughs> uh yeah man it's some hot hot stuff don't burn your fingers now that hot take from alan moore do uh, you want to defend your white supremacist superhero uh, comics? Email us. SummaCrespiso at gmail.com. We'll read it. We don't have Etchy here to talk about that kind of stuff. So. Oh, thank God. Uh, oh, I missed, I missed that. God. The fire, the fire, Drew. Mm. It, it, it helps keep my teeth white. Mm. Um, let me see. Where are we at? Let me check the numbering. Here it oh, is. Oh, my God. We're getting close to the end. Four. We have a faith based thriller juice Coburn coming called hunting god uh this is kind of interesting because the uh, it's a directorial debut of these guys who uh oh this one guy justin he's a commercials director all right and uh they already filmed a part of the movie last year they're gonna add scenes next month it's a story of a widower who reunites with his old church buddies to film a hunting show in the woods, where a supernatural presence forces him to confront his faith, uh, this guy actually uses this type of quote: "This ain't your mama's," that type of thing.
1: So, so it's a movie about a dude who gets scared
0: by demons, and, by by wood demons, and begs to God to give him strength to fight the wood demons. All right. Uh, the director says, this isn't your grandfather's faith-based film. Our goal.
1: So this isn't starring Kevin Sorbo?
0: Unfortunately not. Or Kirk Cameron. Mm. Not involved. Our goal is to break the mold and hopefully inspire more fresh and innovative content. Uh, the idea essentially being that they're admitting, yo, these faith-based, faith-based movies, this Christian exploitation, it's all bad. It's all poorly made shit. It is. We want to make a cool, fun thriller that's still faith based. We want to serve that audience in a genre way. I'm fine with that. I mean, just make make a good movie. I don't give a shit what the message is about. Have fun. Yeah. You got you got this this Steve Zoller guy with the bone tomahawk and the dragon cost concrete making these crazy movies about how uh, evil brown people want to rape the white women. Mm -hmm. They're good movies. Make (laughs) the movies. It's fine. Make a face-based movie, but make it good. Just make it good. <gasps> and you know what they're gonna do to make it good?
1: Titties. Titties.
0: Titties. 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 <laughs> titties, titties, titties. 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 Does not really work? <laughs> um No, they hired um uh what's his name? Uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter to be in the movie. That's gonna make it good? That's gonna make it better. Yes. They're going up they are going up. They 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 cast Dog the Bounty Hunter. What's his name? Something. Chapman. Dwayne Chapman has joined Hunting God. He'll be playing. You ready for this? Himself. Hey Chris, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. I'ma let you know something. Mm-hmm, 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 this mm-hmm, movie mm-hmm, it's not gonna be good.
0: Oh, you don't think so? <laughs> I know so. Why not? <laughs> because
1: it's starring Dog the
0: Bounty. No, no it's not starring him. It's a supporting role. Because Dog the Bounty Hunter is in the movie. He's a Christian. He's a Christian and he wants to be buried with the slaves. I'm because that one I'm, time he I'm, said the N-word and he got caught on I've got no problem audio. with
1: him being a Christian. I have a problem with him being a piss poor reality TV star, therefore probably a piss poor just everything on film. Yeah,
0: but he's stopping meth heads. <clears throat> hey, Chris, those meth heads probably believe in Jesus too. What, you're saying something? Those meth heads probably
1: believe in Jesus too. ah They better. They're probably God-fearing meth heads.
0: You think they get that good Jesus meth? Yeah.
1: Fuck yeah. How do they they call it walking on water?
0: Hey, I'm walking (laughs) on water here with this meth. It's so good. Chuck Palahniuk's Survivor is a story that they've been trying to make into a movie since, uh, well, since it came out. Um, David Fincher, after making Fight Club, was going to make Survivor. It was going to be Trent Reznor's first movie score. It was going to come out right after, around 2001, 2002. And then September 11th ruined all that. Yeah. Go away, Survivor. We don't want a movie about a hijacking, about a plane hijacking. If it has something to do about religion or terrorism. Doesn't or matter. That doesn't matter. Get out of here, plane. We'll never see a movie about violence again. That's a lie. That was a big lie. That was a big lie. We told ourselves for a few months. Um, look at the I could get ahead of here. Here we go. So we got this uh TV show in development based on Survivor. Cool. They're, they're working on it. And it's Francis Lawrence, who has a spotty track record. He's did I Am Legend. This he did the last two or three Hunger Games movies. I, he kind of I'm, improved them a little bit for I what they were. I didn't really watch them, so. He did uh, Water for Elephants, speaking of Robert Pattinson, oh. and uh, Constantine. I love
1: Constantine. Constantine,
0: yeah. So he's done a bunch of stuff. Uh, he's been around for a while now, and he's uh, he wants to make Survivor into a TV show. He's actually trying to make it into a movie ten years ago. Uh, he couldn't crack the tone in the script, Lost the rights to it. It bounces around Hollywood. The rights have come back to him, and now he thinks he figured it out. And, in the meantime, he figured out the tone, and he wants to do it as a TV show. So uh, Survivor's a really good book. I highly recommend people uh, read it, check it out. Although, hell, I read it when I was in college. That was a long time ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It could be dumb. I also liked Boondock Saints when I was in college. Mm. So, I mean, come on. College me was stupid as fuck. Yeah. Can't can be. Stupid as fuck. I was watching... Boondock Saints, listening to Machine Head, and reading Chuck Palahniuk. I was a monster. Yeah, you were. I was a terror to be around. Just bad, drinking Bud Lights.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Frosted tips. no nah, that was a good thing. <laughs> That was a proof to ladies that had some a bit of style.
1: Along with that wood bead necklace that you kept on for X number of decades. <laughs> I got so many compliments on it. <laughs>
0: So many compliments. <laughs> Every time he did, I was like, what? "Oh, I yeah, am it." <laughs> I forgot. I forgot all about that. Speaking of Robert Pattinson, uh, he had a few words about his time working on a on a Harry Potter. Oh yeah, he was in that that one. He was in version that of it, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. He played Cedric. Degree. I I barely remember any of that stuff. I think he died. Okay. Uh, I remember going to Tokyo for the first time and sitting in my room, looking out over the city and be like, how has this happened? It was really special. And I really liked that movie. I wouldn't be acting if it wasn't for that. He also said, it was a really nice environment. Even compared to movies I've done since it was very protected. The way the kids were treated. I've watched movies where you see a kid who's got their tutor And it doesn't exactly seem like you're really going to school. I mean, it's just kind of like they're fulfilling a legal requirement. But in Harry Potter, it was like they were at school, and they were kind of doing work at the same time. All the kids, you know, because... Well, yeah, I mean... They made a decade of their lives to make that movie, right? So they had to put them in school while they're on set. And here it seems like he's implying that they really took that seriously in the Harry Potter movies. And he's seen other movies where he didn't. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. This is Robert Pattinson. Uh, future, I think he may have this guy.
1: Mm, you think? Maybe. Perhaps.
0: It's a possibility. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Do, do
1: little... you think I'll be, he'll ever be in one of these superhero flicks?
0: Maybe. I mean, if he cares. To, mm-hmm. If he wants to be. I mean, Harry Potter. Franchise. Twilight. Franchise. Doesn't seem to be opposed to being in gigantic movies. So, uh, maybe. Mm. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. One. Charlie Kaufman is the writer slash director behind such movies as being John Malkovich adaptation, Eternal Sunshine, Spotless Mind, Anomalisa. Uh, do all these things? What do these movies have in common, Drew? Existential dread. Yes. <laughs> Existential dread, Batshit insanity, connected to New York. Come on. <clears> he <throat> writes and directs weird, weird movies oh. that are very much about um, life and how do we figure it out. You ever seen the movie *Human Nature*? It's about a it's, a, it's sort of a how a man that walk like a man type of thing. Some guy who's a really hairy dude is found in the woods, and they shave him and train him to be a man.
1: Oh no, sounds interesting though.
0: It's okay. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's from like fifteen years ago. Um, Charlie Kaufman, who is working on a Netflix series. Uh, a Netflix. Oh, next Netflix movie. Excuse me. Called. I'm thinking of ending things. Some sort of adaptation. Is also set to release a book, a novel, a novel called Antkind, as opposed to Mankind. Mm -hmm. Antkind. This uh, sounds interesting. Okay, let me just find you a synopsis. B. Rosenberger Rosenberg, neurotic and underappreciated film critic, stumbles upon a hitherto unseen film by an enigmatic outsider, a film he's convinced will change his career trajectory and rock the world of cinema to its core his hands on what is possibly the greatest movie ever made, a three-month-long stop-motion masterpiece that took its reclusive auteur 90 years to complete. B knows that it is his mission to show to the rest of humanity the only problem. The film was destroyed, leaving him the sole witness to its inadvertently ephemeral genius. All that stuff his work is a single frame from which B must somehow attempt to recall the film that just might be the last great hope of civilization. Thus begins a mind boggling journey through the hilarious nightmare escape of a psyche as lushly Kafka esque as it's atrophied by a relentless spew of Twitter, etc., etc., etc. Fun. There you go. Acquired in 2012, according to EW, by the publisher. and has been in works for a while. Uh, ben Greenberg, VP and executive editor at Random House, says, Kind is a hilarious, devastating, epic mindfuck. I've never read anything else like it.
1: I mean, when you say all that, I think Kurt Vonnegut. So. Sure.
0: Well, what's well, Kaufman, if anything, but uh, 21st century Vonnegut. I'm okay with that. All right. No. someone's got to pick up those reins yeah. and, and move forward. Drew, Gusser, Drew, Gusser, Drew Gusser Coburn, can you name the one Kurt Vonnegut movie? The one movie he has appeared in? He was in a movie? He was in a movie playing himself. No. Of course not. Of course not, it's fine. No one remembers it. It is the Rodney Dangerfield in the classic back to school.
1: Weird. Yeah. So he didn't even like Stan Lee. It wasn't even one of his own movies. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you was D- Because they've they
1: made a surprisingly amount, they've made a surprising number of Kurt Vonnegut movies. Yeah. With like, was was starring some very big profile names, and obviously he, the movies are not
0: good. He wrote a lot of books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, God, they wouldn't stop playing Breakfast of Champions on Comedy Central in the late 90s. It's so awful. It's like, please stop playing this Bruce Willis movie. It's terrible. It was awful. It's terrible.
1: Nick Nolte did a version of
0: Mother Night. Oof.
1: Yeah, awful stuff. Oof.
0: Bad movies. I guess an oof. So I'm looking forward to Ant Kind. It's going to be a great book. Uh it comes out sometime next year. What are your copies today? Here we go, Drew. Time for us to both turn to the audience and give them our final thoughts. What is the moral for today's episode? What have we learned? Um, Of course we've learned that uh, to not put all your begs in one ascot.
1: Make sure you use multiple ascots. Make sure you use scarves, fingerless gloves,
0: etc. Etc, etc. Ascots make the world go round. Join me in my ascot tying class. I'll be teaching at the Adult Education Annex down at Paramore Wednesdays at 6.45 p.m. Room four oh two a Ask for Charlene a guy Thank you, sir. You're welcome. I appreciate yeah. your assistance. Mm. And you listeners, you are welcome for this week's episode. It's free. So you better not be complaining about shit, motherfuckers be complaining about shit. Well, I mean yeah, that's what the internet's for. That's right? what the internet's for complaining about shit. It's free. No. Oh. You're welcome. It's free. Uh, you don't think people be complaining? Good or Apple reviews. Look at the last review, the most recent review. Motherfuckers be complaining. Cool. Motherfuckers. Thank you, Drew.
1: <laughs> you already said that.
0: Oh I did? <laughs> don't ask me why is it I'm digging yours?